Hey everyone, James here. I just wanted to let you know that as part of the evolution of the Board Game Binge podcast, from time to time we're going to have some guest interviewers. Today, you're going to hear from Joe Slack, who's also been a guest on our show. He's a designer, an author, a professor, and a publisher. His guest interviews will come at it from his unique perspective, and I can't think of a better person to hand the reins over to from time to time. So without further ado, let's welcome Joe Slack. Welcome to the Board Game Binge, the place for bingeable, bite-sized board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, Joe Slack, and normally you would see me on the guest seat I've been on with James a number of times, but he's actually asked me to come on as one of the guests, so you'll be seeing me uh, probably at least once a month as one of the hosts here on the Board Game Binge as well. But enough about me, because today we have a very special guest. We have Heather Newton, who is one of the organizers of... Uh, my, my favorite online playtesting event, uh, Protospiel Online. So Heather, welcome to the binge. Thanks for having me, Joe, and thanks for your kind words. Um, awesome. We've had you as a moderator since early on of bringing in a moderator team besides just the organizers running it, and you've been very helpful. I always appreciate your help very much. Awesome. Well, it's great to be part of a wonderful event that's so inclusive and brings so many people together to play uh, board games, especially ones that we're playtesting. So it's always great to be part of that. So maybe for those, uh, for the listeners out there who don't know you, uh, who don't know Heather, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into gaming. The original way that I got into gaming was that I was interested in making a a product I could sell online that was a murder mystery party kit with a more flexible guest list. And that has been a very long journey that I've put on pause kind of through the pandemic. But part of that was that I realized I needed to make cards. And I tried to make a printable file, like a print and play card thing. And I've learned more about how that can be easier with card sleeves and such since then. But the first time I hosted a party that I made myself, the cards were such a pain to print. And this made me realize I needed to find some other way to make them in advance and like just sell them already printed, <laughs> at least as an option. And that's what made me find the Game Crafter. And the Game Crafter is one of the biggest supporters of Protospiel. They they run their own. The people who own the Game Crafter run the Madison Protospiel. And they used to have a podcast for the Game Crafter. And listening to that podcast is how I learned about Protospiel. And the first time I went to it, I was a playtester only. I went with my husband, Will, in 2015 to Madison. And then I was kind of sparked with the idea of, oh, maybe the best way, maybe I could make this party kit more of a game. And I could learn about game mechanics more and knowing that protospiel is all about getting it like putting something in front of people and getting advice getting feedback about how it does or doesn't work i decided to go for the first time as a designer to protospiel michigan and that's where i i don't know if i met you the first time that i went to michigan but i know that i went the first time i met you it was at protospiel michigan because i went to it year after year after that first year um through 2019 so uh that was a great experience because I came as a very open book. Like I really don't know how to design games. So I'm just going to think of something like without being very attached to it and just put it on the table in front of people and see what they, how they respond or what they have to say. 
And I wasn't precious about it. I didn't argue with people. I listened when they gave me the feedback and that they just ate that up at Protospiel, Michigan. And I made a lot of friends there. And actually that first time that I went to Protospiel, uh, the very nicely, the hotel where it was hosted, they had a printer and they would just let me use it and they didn't yes. charge me for it or anything. So I made <laughs> go all day to Protospiel, play other people's games, play my game. And then stay up until three in the morning, remaking the cards and have a completely different game the next day. <laughs> so one of um, the people that I know that I met the first time uh, and played lots of games with him was Jonathan Chaffer. And he does a really good job when he goes to Protospiels of documenting everything that he played. And he kind of have a, has a blog on BGG. And I remember him saying <laughs> in his blog that my game was the one that he ever remembered changing the most over one weekend and he was just kind of floored <laughs> by by that so awesome. um yeah I, so that, that's how i found a protospiel and i over the years i struggled to test that game because it's a it's a, meant to be a house party kit and so a room full of tables which is what an in-person protospiel is like isn't really equipped for the up and about mingling kind of party and so i did decide to try it at Protospiel Milwaukee, where I rented rooms separately from the main room and hosted the party. And that was, uh, that's a memory that I will never forget. And it told me I never want to do that again. It was really <laughs> stressful. And it's not really a house. It, it's meant to play in your own home. So a hotel room rental is not going to be the same as playing in your house. So uh, it, I'm glad I did it to get that answer, but I won't do it again. And I've I've also um, switched to a completely different, not really, uh, not social deduction, not board gamey, but more like a scavenger hunt. And that's what I'll do when I hopefully someday finally launch this thing. But uh, what I learned from that, I was really, really trying to, like, there are characters that you play in a mur murder mystery party, right? And I had uh, 12 women and 12 men, and I wanted to fill it. I wanted to use the opportunity at Protospiel to play it with the max number of people that I wanted mm -hmm. to make it possible to play with. So I was really trying to get more women to come to Protospiel to fill those female roles, um, which I've since kind of decided I think I want to throw out the gender binary thing because of multiple <laughs> reasons, complications that it creates. But at the time, that's what I was trying to do. And um, I reached out to lots of meetups in Milwaukee, like it's not my hometown, so I was trying to figure out women who would be in the area and I got with my goal of 12, I got to five <laughs> and, and some of them were not even into the theme or the type of game, but they're just like, well, for you, Heather, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I, uh, it's always been very top of mind and noticeable to me that there aren't a lot of women when I go to Protospiel and I uh, wanted to change that. And eventually I decided that being the change I want to see and being a host of a protospiel would be a good way to do that. So I launched Protospiel Denver. I decided to do it in 2019 of se September of 2019. I started announcing it and we hosted it March 12th of 2020, which was <laughs> the day that they closed schools in Colorado for the pandemic. Wow. So it was a quite stressful experience. We did go through with hosting it. Basically, we didn't have notice that it uh, you weren't allowed to gather even more than like 25 people by by 
by by Saturday, I think that was the guidance. But on Thursday, the guidance was 200 people. It was just kind of changing too fast. And we had had uh, people already show up on Friday. We had already gathered. What we did do is stop letting new people in after like midday Saturday and just said, okay, we're we're kind of every we're in the bubble together here now. <laughs> the people who have already been together on Friday. And it was probably about mm, 70 to 90 people uh, at the mm. most in the room. Um, so for a first time protospiel, we we pushed and uh, had marketed it well with our local game stores. And uh, it was a good experience. I also did bingo, which is something that they created for the protospiel or for the Chicago protospiel. And Maxine and Randy Eckel are the ones who run that. And I had co uh, coordinated with them to bring that to the Denver protospiel and got a lot of gifts, uh, games donated and stuff. And we did go through with giving all those games away and playing bingo. And it was kind of the last time that we've done any big group thing in, or I've done any of the big group thing with Denver uh, people since then. So I'm really glad we got to have that together. But it was very stressful, mm. and I don't foresee doing it again myself for a while because the world continues to be very unpredictable. Things could get suddenly a lot worse anytime. Um, I think I want to. I want more stability before I would be the organizer of an in-person event ever again. Uh, and I like that about the online event. It's a lot easier to know that we're for sure going to be able to do it and be able to tell people what it's going to be like and not have to change our minds or consider changing our minds or consider changing the messaging about it. Um, and it, yeah, it's more stable. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've talked a little bit about uh, Protospiel and you attending them and going as a, you know, designer of a, a different style of game. Um, maybe you can uh, tell our listeners for those who haven't been to a Protospiel, what the experience of a protospiel is like and how that might differ from, say, going to um, a convention like a Gen Con or Origins or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and now I go, when I participate in protospiels, I participate only as a playtester. And I'm a big advocate of doing that. I, I wish, I hope for more people to do it that way because it's a great experience as a playtester too. But as a designer, you are on a level playing field and there's no schedule. There's no buddy who's like looking at their clock, like, oh, I have an appointment in 15 minutes. Like, tell me about this game real quick. And then I'm running off mm -hmm. or uh, anything like that. Certainly we, we can talk to each other and schedule lunch and stuff in advance and make sure we spend time together. But mostly you just show up in the room. It's very simple. You don't have to check a schedule in advance. You find something that look at, looks interesting and you play it. And generally it's pretty common. You'll be around a table together. You'll play something for somebody else. And then once the feedback session is over, we'll say anybody else got a game. And as long as everybody is fed and watered and doesn't need to go off to lunch, we'll say, yeah, let's play your game now. And um, you start to, that can also help people who are nervous about presenting their game. I think the first thing you do is play test for somebody else. You kind of see how it goes. And then maybe you're more comfortable with these people. You've played a game with them you feel more safe to say, let's put my game on the table now. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you're playtesting, I think another thing about the, the protospiels is different from, say, um, a lot of other gaming events 
is you have a, a lot of intensive playtesting you can do. Mm-hmm. You have you have so much time. And, and like you said, nobody's in a rush. A lot of other mm-hmm. playtesting events, you might only have a few hours and everybody's trying to get their games to the table, but it's a more relaxed environment, I think, at a lot of protospiels. And you have the whole weekend, so you know you're going to get time to get yours out and maybe make mm-hmm. a change and then try it with a different group or get it a second or third or fourth or fifth game uh, over mm-hmm. the course of the weekend because it's just concentrated on that. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's a concentration of designers talking about designer things too. (laughs) There's no distraction of a vendor hall or anything else like that. So everybody's focused on play testing for three straight days. Generally, um, that's how long they last. And that's what, how long Protospiel Online lasts too. Um, A lot of the way Protospiel Online works is, is that way because of my experience at the in-person Protospiels. We don't have you sign up for slots or like cover a table. Like I'm at two, I will be play testing my game. It's not rigid like that. And I, I get feedback that people struggle with that idea that it's hard for them to feel sh- just to go in with, without a schedule. It fe- the lack of structure can feel kind of scary to people that they're maybe not sure they're going to be able to get a play test in at all. But the way Protospiel Online works is we all mass together in the looking for a game channel. That's the big way. Most of the time that you help us, Joe, you're one of our LFG moderators where you're directing uh, people to pitch their game to the group and then go off and play um, by themselves and in another voice channel is how it works in our Discord server. Um, and LFG is a voice channel, right? So we join in a voice channel. We're talking live with each other. And another thing about this setup too is that you have to pitch your game. So you also get practice describing your game quickly, describing what's interesting about your game. That's part of what I'll see people iterating on at Protospiel Online is how they talk about their game, what they focus on. And when you post it, you have a, a section to write what you're looking for, what kind of feedback you're looking for, and what the and a very short description of what the game is about, like with a character limit set for you to mm-hmm. learn how to be concise. <laughs> right. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know you, like you said, you were hosting uh, the Denver event and then the pandemic hits mm-hmm. and suddenly we're all, you know, forced to be at home. And for, for game designers, that's, that's a real struggle because we have to get out there. We have mm-hmm. to get our games in front of other people, get feedback, do play testing and make our games better. So when the pandemic hit and you realize that, you know, we're not going to be able to do a live event anymore. Is that at the point that you pivoted and started to think about um, how you would do something like this online? Like how did that idea come to be? Uh, Right. It was kind of a multifaceted thing. For one, there were people who bought tickets for Denver, did not get refunded because it was way after the refund deadline and I had already paid the hotel. So I didn't, that, that policy is there and it's, it, that's what those policies are for. But I still felt like this was extenuating circumstances. I felt sad for those people. (laughs) I felt sad about not being able to uh, give those people the experience that they paid for. So I wanted to parlay it into something else so they could get benefit from having been somebody that wanted to support Pritishville Denver in the first place, right? So we we figured out Discord. Um, The people who were the organizers of Denver, we got together and built a Discord to run it in. And between the three of us, we have a lot of different technical knowledge uh, uh, to help us figure out how best to do it. And we 
realized that we needed to host it as an invitational only because there was also the con of champions going on at the same time, which mm. was a fundraiser to save uh, tabletop.events, which is also which was started by the same people who run the Game Crafter, but now it's been sold to Board Game Geek. But it's a very useful tool that most protospiels use for just create spinning up a website to manage a registration for your convention of any type. And so to not mix the marketing message, we didn't market the very, very first time that we did protospiel online. It was invite only, and we helped market for Con of Champions instead. And then really, we just did it to take care of our people from Denver, but we invited some people in our network from other states too. And we got a lot of feedback that it was such a breath of fresh air. It made people feel so much better than they were feeling <laughs> before coming. And they felt like they were, they really got to be together and just said, you can't never do this again. <laughs> so we're like, okay, well boy, this was hard because we, just the three of us were the only ones shuttling people around and we did do it for a three-day event and it was very tiring. So we learned what a hard job it is to be a moderator and decided that we were going to have paid moderators the next time around. Um, and we also decided that we were going to focus more and more on, I think between the first time we ran Protospiel Online, which was April, 2020, and July 2020, we had everything happening with uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. And I myself went through a big epiphany that month where I thought, I always have been for diversity, quote unquote, for diversity, but I never do anything about it. And I never pay attention to the plight of other people. I And I was talking before about how I noticed there were no women at Protestville and it bummed me out because I'm a woman. And I felt lonely for people who had my life experience to be around me and to play test with and to like play test my game, play test their game. Uh, but I never opened my eyes and thought, oh, well, but there aren't a lot of people of color either at Protospiel. And there also aren't a lot of people from the LGBTQ community. And oh, wow, I have been blind. I need to start talking to people about this and getting advice and feedback about how to make it a safe space for all different types of people who tend to be marginalized in the board game industry. So I did get, uh, make a lot of friends during that period of time that could direct me to different resources and advice about how to do that. And everything about how Protospiel Online is built is meant to be as safe as possible an online space for people who are marginalized often in the board game industry. We have very strict, from the beginning, no tolerance policies about bullying for any reason. And when it comes down to it, if somebody is being mistreated from a marginalized group, we back them up uh, sometimes to our detriment and our suffering. <laughs> even if it's hard, we will do it. Um, even if we have to sacrifice something that was that made things easier for us, like a tabletop simulator was something that happened. We don't use it anymore at our events. Um for lots of reasons. <laughs> and it's kind of a long conversation that probably we don't have time to have here, but we have a article that explains everything about this because we know people will probably assume if it's online playtesting, tabletop simulator and online playtesting were the same thing for a couple mm -hmm. of years there. And so when you're buying a badge for Protospiel Online, we have it heavily highlighted that tabletop simulator won't be accessible to you at this event. And then all the resources that we have to help you figure out how to come anyway, uh, if you are are willing to 
go through that material. So the website for that is protospiel.online forward slash TTS. And that will always describe the current situation with Tabletop Simulator in our community. If I need to update something on it, I, uh, um, I have a date at the top most recently, like updated on blank, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I was at that first event um, mm -hmm. and it, it was great, um, you know, being able to get together with people, even though it was online, you know, <laughs> everything mm -hmm. moved online with Zoom and everything else, but we could actually, you know, see other people and talk to other people and, and still play games. So it kind of felt like that community. And I very much felt the same way. Like, we, I hope we do this again. Uh, I don't <laughs> want to just be a one-off. So really glad that you continued on with it. Um, and maybe you can um, explain a little bit, obviously, when you're doing things online, you know, we've seen some of these conventions move online or at least temporarily as well. What would you say are the main differences and what are the main similarities between an in-person protospiel and protospiel online? Um, the amount, well, the way that you prep for it is different. So both of them, you have to prep for it. And mm -hmm. part of the point of coming to protospiel is having that deadline and knowing I'm not get and get around to it sometime. If I don't get around to it by this weekend, I, it's not going to get on the table. So those they have in common, but the way that you prepare is different, largely different. I mean, the uh, if you have a card deck, either way, you might, the same thing you might make for a print and play, that same graphic could be loaded into a lot of digital prototyping platforms. So that can be an overlap. And digital prototyping, I think, is a pretty good first prototype because it's probably not going to work. You're probably going to have to make it again. So you can uh, get rid of all the cutting out <laughs> the first few iterations. A lot of people say, and I agree that you should never publish a game that you've only digitally play tested because there can be some things that you can get tricked into thinking they're easy and doable because the digital interface makes them easier. And then when you put it on the table, it's incredibly fiddly and you need to rethink some of the Absolutely. setup of the components and everything like that. Um, so same and different there. And the no schedule is the same and the way we're trading, uh, play test time. So the, uh, equation at protospiel is give as much play testing time as you take from the community. If you're a designer bringing the game, if you're a play tester, you're just giving, you're helping everything work better and we love you for it. But mm -hmm. if you're a designer, if you have four people play test an hour long game with you, play test and feedback and teach and everything, the amount of time that it takes for you to play is an hour and four people do it, then you try to put four hours in for other people. And both online and in person are like that. And both of them are make a call like in person, you'd sit down at a table like I've got this game who wants to play it <laughs> or just mill around and find people to play your game. And in at Protospiel Online, you go into a voice channel called Looking for a Game, and we have a form on our website that you fill out, and it will post a formatted thing in our Discord server, which then everybody is in the voice channel together, and then they're looking at the text channel for the options, and you can react to the post to say, this is the one I'm playing, and the moderator will help you, help prompt you to speak about your game. Um, and actually, in a way, you you kind of have a little bit more support to be encouraged and prompt to bring mm -hmm. your thing to the table at Protospiel Online. There's nobody doing, there's no concierge doing that at a in-person event. Uh, in yeah, encouraging you to be brave. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> to just kind of like 
the fire under your own butt. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely an advantage, something that, that's really helpful in, in those events, because, you know, even if there's a game up there and it might not be everybody's cup of tea, you know, there, there's somebody there saying, OK, we just need, you know, one more player and then we can get this one going. And then mm-hmm. maybe somebody else has another game post. You can say, what if, you know, we played, you know, the, this first player's game and then we come back and do yours right afterwards? Is that OK? But, you know, mm-hmm. to be friendly about it not forceful, uh, but just make suggestions and make sure that everybody's game is getting played and everybody's just not sitting around waiting for for people. Right. Yeah, and, and the difference between Protospiel Online and just weekly playtest groups are that deadline that you have. So if you go to a weekly playtest group, you might go, oh, next week, oh, next week, oh, next week. And you can keep kicking the can forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or Protospiel gives you a deadline. And also there are way more people at Protospiel Online than are going to be at a weekly playtest group. Generally, we sell over 100 badges and there are usually, mm, I would say, at least 40 people in the server during North America waking hours playing games. And there'll be people that you wouldn't have found on your own to play the games. Because part of what we're doing here is we're we're marketing. We're talking about the event for four months before it happens, trying to gather momentum for a big group of people to come together all at once. And so we're rounding up the playtesters for you. And some playtesters only will come. Uh, to and it's I think that's more unlikely to have happen in a weekly playtesting group. People who just play test don't like designers go to that those people who just play test are not as likely to go to those is my impression. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say so. And 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 you raised some uh, good points there about it being, you know, a deadline. You know, deadlines are really, really helpful for designers. You know, having I gotta get this ready for this particular event, especially, you know, it's a long event, uh, multiple days. I want to have multiple games mm-hmm. ready or one game that I can iterate and make changes. You got people from around the world, different people you wouldn't necessarily be able to play test with in person. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say some are, are some of the other advantages that you have over some of even like the, the weekly um, or regular online uh, play testing groups? Um, it's also an event. You know, we make we make a big deal. We try to make it fun for everybody. So I uh, what I I don't I tell people that not to disparage myself. Or anything. I'm not a game designer, really. I'm not a tabletop board game designer, or I'm not slotted into that. I'm more, I consider myself more an experienced designer. And I do design a lot of experiences for Protospiel Online, such as we do still have Protospiel Bingo in Protospiel Online. So mm-hmm. you get to fill in a square when you play another designer's game. So this encourages more playtesting. This, uh, if people care about it, you earn entries in a drawing by doing this. And you also can get um, the things that our sponsors, the gifts that our sponsors give. You just have to fill out one square in your bingo card. You just have to participate at all to get those gifts. But you get more entries in the drawing, the more squares you fill out. And so there's encouragement, right, for other people to play test your game and get rewarded. We find ways to reward people for play testing your game. Uh, also, something that's in common with in-person pro spiels, I say tabletop events is how a lot of conventions run. A protospiel that's run on tabletop events will have a prototype listing on the tabletop events site. We now have our own bespoke website where you also can list your prototypes in advance. So you get, if you bring your game to our convention, you get 
you have the option to put it on the website in advance so people can browse it and know to look out for it during the convention. And we also do, if you get it up before the convention, the night before the convention, we've started to do streams called Prototype Showcase, where we go through the whole list of everything that's on mm -hmm. there and talk talk quickly about each one and get people excited about them. And also, if you play test at our convention, there's evidence that this is your game and your idea. Uh, the fact that you've made a web page about your game that's on our website that has good SEO and everything. In fact, if people, if you put your game on our website and people search and it's not even on BGG yet, and they search for the title of your game, it's likely it'll come up first in Google, <laughs> your name. Yeah. Like maybe if you search for your name and you don't have your own website or anything, sometimes your posts on our website will be one of the top results to give yourself some credibility there. And I, I have, I'm a web designer by trade. So I've uh, set up as best as I can our posts to be, to look great when you share them on social media and have kind of like a highlighted image that's big and bold and noticeable when shared on uh, uh, social media. So, um, and also there's a record of who play tested your game at the event. There's a record in the discord server from these posts I'm talking about, We but we also have, extra layers of management in the background where uh, it's not even possible for people to erase the fact that they've play tested your game. <laughs> it's in our, it's in our backlog. Yeah. Awesome. So you can go back and say, yes, you did play test my game. And this is what you said. About it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, well, or if there's a dispute about who had the idea first, um, those things can happen sometimes. Something yes. like that has happened recently. Not something that happened at our event, but um, something that happened to someone who has attended our events. So uh, it doesn't happen often, but it's nice to have the more evidence and proof you can have of you being the creator of a game and an idea, uh, the better, and we can be part of helping with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of great benefits there. And, and the other one I wanted to mention too, is just like the welcoming environment. Cause I know just early on, um, you know, I'd find a, a server and I might jump on and everybody all, all is already at tables playing games and i kind of feel mm -hmm. like oh i where do i go i don't want to jump in another table because they're already doing a game i don't want to just observe i don't and maybe i'll just leave because you know there's nobody mm -hmm. here to even talk to or i don't want to interrupt anybody um, right. whereas with uh, perspiel online you go in there and there's always a moderator and then there's always or quite often there's a coffee talk also going on if you just want to go and chat with other people you can mm -hmm. join other games. It's just such a welcoming environment. Whenever you come on, you get welcomed and then you get asked, oh, do you have a game or are you interested in looking for a game? It's just a mm -hmm. really, really um, encouraging kind of a place to join. Yeah, we. Uh, that's something I forgot to mention. Part of what all of our moderators are required to do is be on camera and mm -hmm. greet people by name when they come into the voice channel. And we've we've noticed that that helps people feel like they're really together as much as possible being on camera. It's not a rule that if you attend, you have to be on camera, but at least one person, the moderator, you're going to get to see a face. It's not going to be a hovering, floating voice. And you don't mm -hmm. understand who this person is. And some people don't have a camera setup that works or they don't feel comfortable being on camera. And that's okay. But we encourage you to step out of your comfort zone and figure it out as much as possible just because of the benefit that we think we're all giving each other if we can see our faces. And you're more likely to remember this person if you remember what their face looks like. Or maybe one day you'll meet them in real life and you'll recognize them yeah. <laughs> because you saw their face. Yeah, That'll be fantastic when this is all over. We go to a convention or a person and they'll say, yeah, yeah I rec recognize you. I remember you from online. <laughs> right, right. 
Awesome. And uh, you did mention that, you know, they're open. Uh, the Perspiel Online is open to not only game designers, but also play testers. Mm -hmm. um, very inexpensive way for somebody to just, you know, spend a weekend playing some fun games, you know, the games that, you know, may be the next big thing. You never know. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe we can wrap this up. Uh, you can just let us know how can people find out more about Perspiel Online and uh, get a ticket if they're interested in joining the next event. And also, when is the next event? The next event is January 13th through 15th, 2023. We've moved to a three time a year schedule uh, and we have a page on our website, protospiel.online forward slash future dash events uh, that tells you all of our future times for these. Um, but we're aiming for May, August and January each year. And if you would like to help yourself get ready to attend our event, we have a resource you can get when you sign up for our newsletter. So go to hello.protospiel.online forward slash newsletter, and you can get a digital prototype tool comparison guide. And it covers playingcards.io, screentop.gg, tabletop playing ground, playground, and <laughs> tabletopia. Uh, and so you can compare like the features of those different things to help you decide which one to start with, because that that's the very first step if you want to bring a game and it can be kind of overwhelming, we know. And if you get on our newsletter, you'll be hearing news about projects that are making it to the finish line from people in our community. And you can reach out to us if you want to be featured in that newsletter. And you've been to our pro spiel or any of them in the in-person network. We also feature games uh, from in-person pro spiels too. And to buy badges, it's protospiel.online. There's a buy badges button front and center. Uh, badges are in early bird sales right now. They We keep early bird prices open until just a couple weeks before each event. And at early bird, it's 40 for a designer and 15 for a play tester. And after early bird, it's 60 for a designer and 25 for a play tester. Excellent. Well, now's the time to get your tickets. So I highly recommend if you're a game designer or just, you know, a gamer wanting to do some playtesting and see some of these games in development. Uh, it's a great weekend. Uh, you'll have a blast. Uh, make sure to get those prototypes ready. And uh, hopefully you'll be joining us at uh, Porterspiel Online. So Heather, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being part of the Board Game Binge today. Thank you for having me, Joe. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast. Guest hosted by Joe Slack, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you'd like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our Instagram channel, Board Game Binge Podcast, and you'll get notifications of live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. We can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.